Hey pals, welcome to Team Up Moves. I'm Fiona. This week, we have the second half of our actual play of A City of Shining Stars by Aaron Lim. This is a superhero world-building game, and we're joined by a master of both of those things, Jeff Stormer. We've been telling the story of the golden age of Olympia, an alternate reality version of New Arcadia. This city has been dealing with conflicts from the Fey realm, a new experimental vertical train, as well as the labor and class struggles of -of turn-of-the-century America. I could fill you in on all of the NPCs and characters, but it would take about an hour, so, you know, just listen to our previous episode. I know we say this a lot, but this was a ton of fun to record, and I can't wait for you to hear it, so let's just get right to it. So, uh, let's start another round. Jeff, you get to grab a card for the event. I have grabbed the Jack of Hearts. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know I'm excited for, you know I'm excited for, for seeing a Jack. Oh, hell yeah. A personal event in the life of GTR. I'm thinking this through. The personal event in the life of GTR. I think the personal event is, is... I pulled on mob movies last time, and uh-huh. I think that the, this is the next beat of the mob movie. GTR is bored. Oh, dang. I think that, like, the the beat is that GTR, like, has an operation now, like, has this, like, has has a, a an empire. And I think, like, I think that the, the event is that GTR has, evidence has come out among the the circles that he runs in that GTR is planning to walk away mm. and whatever that looks like. I think the GTR, like it's the, I'm having, I'm getting the, I'm having the same experiences, but like I am making a sad face montage in a mob movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think that like, we're, we're seeing the, like, I think it's time. I think GTR is like, it's time for me to get out of the business. Ooh. I've had my fun. I've made my money and I'm, I'm looking to pack up. That's great. What what sort of brings my that boredom for me is again he is he is a thrill seeker and hey public transportation is great trains are coming regularly every fifteen twenty five minutes and like when your robberies are now just like in your day calendar as scheduled events some of that thrill is just going to be gone and I think the other half of that tying into like what was established about like how the trains impacted the city of Olympia is like. We had said that, like, he was doing this for ambit, like, good, good, like, like, um, he was, he was deluding himself into thinking he was doing this for the right reasons, yeah. right? And there's a world in which he was, even if he was hitting people who didn't deserve it. Like, I think that he's, I think that he is also recognizing that the average, like, what, like, cause at the, uh, in the early days, the average train car, like, the money that would be in an average train passenger's thing was here. Now it's dropped down to here, like, like, the, the, the average, train passenger is a lot less wealthy and a lot less elite yeah so he's realizing oh i'm actually just like hitting just like hitting dock workers pretty regularly now and like yeah it's now starting to feel bad gotcha all right stephanie let's see what you are going to add to this and it is the same suit so this is an entanglement from npc number nine who is unspecified, Mm. but the prompt is a local politician or prominent community leader. Ooh. Can we make that you, John Dubbs? Yeah. You've already introduced him. I'd love to put him on the board. All right. As you are aware, uh, you, John Dubbs, is is a a lawyer who's famous for taking the side of, of the working people of Olympia. 
And uh, his campaign to expose Gus Berry went very badly. And he's in search of a cause that will make him popular enough to make real change. And I'm going to ask you a question before I go any further with this. Emma herself has left town, right? Correct. That means that the Emma's original in the cliffside has closed, but the other Emma's are still operating uh, in other towns and cities, right? I think that's ambiguous, whether it's closed or whether sort of staff are running it with her in in absentia. Mm, Okay. But if you want it closed, like that's dramatic, we can do that. I want it closed because it's become a symbol of what makes Olympia special. Oh, there you go. And the closure of the original Emmas shows that Olympia is not what it used to be, where everybody can get a fair shake and a patty melt and a chance to rise in the world. Mm. John has started a movement, and we don't know where it's going to go yet. It could turn into a general strike. It could just turn into a curriculum and a newspaper and people writing books. It might turn into his second campaign for mayor, but it's on the basis of bring back Olympia, bring back the patty melt. Can I fully entangle these threads and make this uh, real messy in a real good way? Please. We see in GTR's apartment, he has a, a, a rail side apartment, naturally, obviously, as he would. And we see in that apartment is like a book that you, John Dubs, has written about this. And like it's tying into, you know what I mean? Like there's this movement that is happening just as this uh, notorious and viciously effective bank robber is starting to feel like he has lost sight of doing of doing things for good. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that we see like a a, po- a you John Dubs poster that says bring back Olympia, bring back the patty melts. Like we see a lot of that. And like that feeds into this feeling of like, maybe I'm walking away or maybe I am doing something different with my with my resources. And like in that moment of uncertainty, like his direction is changing just as he's seeing this movement start to form and he's going, well, maybe in a way that might be disastrous for you, John Dubs's plan, whatever it is. Yeah. All right. Well, let me add a card to this. I've got a queen of clubs, which is going to be a parallel. And we haven't had a queen yet. And the prompt is an old hand or curmudgeon. Well, the, the things ain't what they used to be. It clearly plays into this prompt, I would say. Let me take a look at our map and see if there are any places that we want to kind of bring someone in on. Can I put Darren in here? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I love that. Okay. There was that excitement around the rails. And then I think there is a combination of there's the newfangled vertical rails, which are way cooler than any older rails. And then also because it's become so commonplace, it's less exciting. And I think Darren is incredibly lonely because no one is coming to visit him as the railway museum anymore that 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 time is 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 sort of he's he's no longer sparkling in the imagination of olympians that's so sad oh <laughs> i don't want Darren to be lonely oh yeah all right jeff you get to pull the aftermath though let's see where this ends up all right let's see how this shakes out i've pulled the six of hearts this does match the event color so it ends exceedingly positively so I think, oh, I see, I think it's, I think, okay, this is super interesting. It's super interesting. We have witnessed this sort of, you know, like the, 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 
empowering of the working class with the arrival of the of the vertical train. But I and I think like, you know, there there's been a simmering like the the, you know, oust publicly ousting the warehouseman. I think there has been a few other instances of like people in power really like stepping up their efforts to like suppress things. And I think that like or actually, you know what? No, I'm going to go further and I'm going to play on the fact that we have not explicitly stated that and say that like we haven't seen instances of the wealthy and powerful being openly oppressive outside of the way that wealthy and powerful people in a capitalist system are inherently oppressive. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen any like outward strike backs against anyone like we've just kind of seen rich people be rich people. And because I think that gives a really nice almost gilded age aesthetic to it. Yes. Where like. And I think that the way that things go positive is it goes positive for the town, which is I think it goes positive for GTR specifically because the rich people don't see what's coming. <laughs> and I think that's what I want to say is like the rich, the rich and powerful in Olympia don't see what is for. And I think like you get that aesthetic of like we're having lunch parties in our cave mansions and outside there is there is a muckraking politician rousing people up to dismantle these systems just as a noted train bandit is starting to go. You know, I got away from my mission, which is making the lives of the rich and powerful as miserable as possible. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that, like, I'm going to say that this is the start. Like, I want to see it play out, like, the specifics of if it goes well or badly in the long term. But I think the the thing that goes positive is there is a fi- there is a spark thrown on the powder keg of people are getting people are feeling like um like the town is moving away from something from from an opportunity that was emboldening the working class mm-hmm. the rich and powerful feel like they've grown distant from the people which is creating a sense that they think that it is safe and they think that they can continue to live their lives uninterrupted there is a muckraking politician rousing people up and there is a train robber that is suddenly going to become the angriest violentest political activist there is a violent <laughs> an aggressive class movement in Olympia that hits fast, it hits hard, and I want to start that as the next turn is like suddenly there is yeah, I I didn't ask if I can swear, but I'm dropping a swear here and you can bleep it. There is shit going down. (laughs) I think by our rating system, we get two of those, and I think that is very appropriate to uh, (laughs) have the first one. Excellent. The the pieces of of how we get from Olympia to New Olympia are maybe starting to fall into place. I love this. So I'm discarding some of these cards. And so, Steph, you start the next event. And the card you are going to start with is an Eight of Hearts. Eight of Hearts. I think that, uh, I mean, the, the randomization and prompt gods, I think, might be with us. Okay. Eight is... An intrepid reporter or investigator. Oh. So in a, a personal event involving this new person. So this is someone who is not at all new to Olympia, but the journalism and the reporting are new for her. And they're really a third career. Compared to other growing cities at this time of industrialization, Olympia has relative gender equality. There are a lot of two-income middle-class families. There are a lot of women in skilled trades. And the reason is because they have childcare. And the reason that just 
high-quality preschools and kindergartens are unusually widely available in Olympia is that there's one person who used to be a visual artist at Sand named Maxine Sharon, and she was noticing that a lot of her students weren't pursuing art because they would become moms and there was sexism and patriarchy and they had to stay home with the kids. So she imported kindergarten ideas and maybe a little bit of fey magic and created set of preschools. And she noticed this year that the kids who her colleagues were taking care of were coming home with some pretty disturbing stories about what was happening in their homes. They were coming home with stories about how the richer parents were barricading their houses or talking about hiring some shady characters to protect them from their own employees. And they noticed that the kids from skilled trades kind of homes We're talking about the need for struggle and how their family had to be on the right side of whatever was coming when things hit the fan and the working class was going to rise up. So she started to publish. She's just decided, I got to write this because nobody else is seeing this. And so she has started to publish a series of essays in the Olympia Observer, which is the daily paper, saying, we got to bring the temperature down because... The adults are at each other's throats, and that is not good for the kids. Okay. Well, someone please think of the children. Honestly, that's where Maxine is coming from. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. All right. So let me add to this with a parallel involving Alice. Yes. Possibly state scale. I like that career change as maybe a possibility because we've we last we saw Alice, she was trying to balance the heroing and the social good technology thing. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to decide which of those she hangs up. I think I want to. I think I want to be a little forward. Like I was a bit of a downer with with Darren, so I think I think she sees what's coming and is thinking that we're entering into a people may need heroes more than ever kind of thing. So she is going to spin down Wonderkind and focus herself back onto being Velocipede. She's doing it quietly for now. She's doing sort of preparations because she knows like there is new. Oh, actually, you know what? Probably a third thing. I think she's going to get a new hero name. That's right. I think she's worried about people being unmasked and the Velocipede Wonderkind thing was a little bit too much. And. I don't know what that name is, but I think that we're, Alice is getting ready to reinvent herself in whatever comes next. And, and maybe she doesn't know the name yet either. She's going to wait to see what part she can play, but she's excited to do it. All right. So, Jeff, let's bring you in with a 10 of spades, and that's going to be another parallel. Okay. And the 10, do we have something on 10? We do not. Ooh, it's a new one. New character. Uh, an emergency. See, the, the, the cards are in our favor today. This is good. Yeah, the yeah, cards yeah. are really are taking shape. An emergency services worker or civil servant. I know what I want this to be. Things are starting to heat up, is I think that what we see in the city. Yeah. We are seeing active events, I think, taking shape. We are seeing things start to really pop off. And like there are isolated incidences, but there are, you know, there is... There is like a riot on Simone Street, right? Like there is like there are small things like that where suddenly like like start things are starting to get like they're there. The heat is really being applied. And I think I'm trying to think I'm trying to come up with a good superhero name because I think this is another masked hero. I'm going to say she they pronouns and their name is their name is Deliverance. Their name is Deliverance and they are 
a superhero emergency services like office like rep or not officer but like they see themselves they are they are there to in the vein of a dear favorite hero of mine uh ma hunkle the red tornado this is a neighborhood parent that like was that was living on simone street when a riot broke out and they saw like an innocent person get hurt and brought them to safety and like they had they had been like and they 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 had been they had received some medical training maybe they were maybe they were an army medic or something so they they like patched them up but they kind of put on a mask and made it their mission to get hurt people out of danger right they are not their their mission is not to is not to fight their mission is not to do things of that nature they're like this is happening and it should be happening and I'm not going to weigh in on that like but there are there are innocent people who are going to get wrapped up in this and it is my job to get them out of danger and I have to wear a mask because if they see me involved if if people see me involved then you know I'm putting a target on my back so I put on a mask they are a superhero street medic a, a protest street medic who has made it their mission to like protect and make sure that people that people are not hurt are not you know arrested that people are kept safe in the wake of this of this uprising happening oh that's perfect i love this and i i, I do want to ask a question about the geography of the city please which is i think we are far enough inland although we're on the bay i want to know whether simone street with its narrow buildings is especially subject to gale force winds it is 100% okay i got that one Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you for thank you for catching what I was putting down. I appreciate this. That that's that that's what I'm here for. We're gonna take this home of the aftermath. Uh-oh. This color does not match. We have pulled a ten of clubs. It does not match the eight of hearts for Maxine Sharon. So Stephanie, this ends badly. Ooh. And this is is a Maxine-centered bad outcome? Yeah, I think I think the event of kind of starting to publish essays and that kind of thing. So the set of preschools and kindergartens that she's founded so that kids can be socialized and have fun and learn things and, you know, parents of of all genders can go to work if they want includes regular visits to Darren, who, remember, really wanted visitors. Great class trip location, absolutely. Great class trip location. Who doesn't love trains? Certainly kids, many, many kids love trains. And this sounds great, but there is a minor accident that has been engineered by... Does Oust, is there a Pinkertons-like organization or does Oust work alone? I'm going to take that answer, run with it, and roll with it. The Oust agency has expanded its operations and become become a an organization of masked of masked expose investigators. Okay. Mm. So Gus Merberry wants to stay in power now that he's got some temporal power and has used his fey magic. Sorry, Gus's Gus's is is still they them because in this world you can you can do that and be the mayor and and represent the you know anti progressive interest. Gus has used their fey magic, which has not been diluted by franchising or flight, to engineer minor accidents at, at Darren at the train museum. No one got hurt, but it was scary. And the oust agency has used those accidents to frame Maxine's chain of preschools as not a safe place for your kids. It's all lies. It's all lies. 
Darren doesn't believe it for a second. Neither does Ryan, <laughs> and neither does Maxine. No one comes to listen to Darren anymore. So. That's right. Maxine's reputation, which is built on taking care of the children of Olympia so that Olympia could build a more just and rewarding work structure. Maxine's reputation has been shredded by these fake exposés. And all she's got left now, unless she goes back to drawing and engraving, is her career as a journalist. But is anyone reading the Olympia Observer anymore? Or are they all just listening to the radio? Okay, so based on the size of this deck of cards, I bet we were going to get one more event out of this before the crisis. That's going to go to me. And that is a seven of spades. So seven is gooseberry. Spades is state or national. So let's see what we got here. I want to get a little sinister to this as we get to the end of the age. Being mayor of Olympia is pretty big stepping stone to larger scale influence. And Gooseberry has not forgotten their mission, which is to get Emma and bring her back to whatever sorts of justice awaits her. And so Gooseberry is starting out on a train tour of the state as the precursor to a governorship campaign. So it's a good old-fashioned whistle stop going from city to city, and it's under the guise of campaigning, but it also lets them get out and continue their search for Emma, sort of after dark, after the radio people and reporters have gone away. They're out searching for Emma. And so that is where I will leave things as, Stephanie, you get to do a parallel to this with Alice. Ooh. A city-level thing for Alice. Okay. Alice's new tech that is the basis of her new identity, which I believe we we left to be invented later. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Exactly. It's flight. Oh, dang. She looks like a biplane <laughs> when she's in the air. She's got those struts. Her new superhero name is Peregrine. Oh, that's very good. That's very, very good. I love that. She has begun to patrol and, you know, try to provide services for and spot injustice around not just the city of Olympia, but the surrounding region, including the suburbs and communities of Cliffside Flats and another suburb name, Tritonia, okay. which is downstream. It's a river community. It's, it's on the bay. It's a historical fishing community. Okay. Excellent parallel. Jeff, what can you add to this event? Uh, we have the king of diamonds. The king is Emma, and the diamond is, what's the scale of diamonds? Worldwide, comma, interplanetary. Okay, so I think, like, we are, I think if my, if my question is a parallel event in the life of Emma, the question that I have is, like, she has taken her service on the run, she's taken her restaurant on the run, Emma's patty melts are big now. Like, this is not just the first, this is not just like an early, if not the first franchise restaurant. Mm -hmm. This is McDonald's. (laughs) Like, this has become a a national sensation, right? This has become a massive thing. And I think that, like, following the seeds that we had planted last time, it is fully Mm non-magical. The magic has left the equation. But... The business has has grown and grown and grown and true to her view of them way back when, like Gooseberry on her tails 
who cares? Like, you are not worth my time. I have a business to run. Yep. And I have a, I have a, a countrywide business to run, which makes it, I think, par- which is why it's parallel and not an entanglement is like, I'm running my business. I don't, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a small town mayor, you know, shaking people down after hours on a dinky little train tour. Like, I don't care. <laughs> but I think that like, the business has exploded and it has taken the the country by storm. And I think, okay, I'm actually, and also it being interplanetary, there's a, there's an angle that I want to throw a fire in the direction of Gooseberry on. Yeah. The Fey Realm has taken notice and they actually think it's a pretty quaint little thing. Oh. <laughs> like the heat has died off of Emma. It, Cause like, A, she's not really using Fey magic anymore. Like she is a band, she is, she is, left the court she is she is no longer using our gifts she's formed a quaint little restaurant for the for the mortals to eat at like so be it it's a cute story so there's also this sense that like gooseberry's purpose has kind of faded like their contact with the fey realm they're like oh you're still you're still do it. she's running a cute little it's, she's the one with the stands all over the country you're still right. huh <laughs> okay yeah, all, all right. I guess you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna stalk them by you're gonna stalk her by night, huh? <laughs> yeah, I guess that's okay. Uh, nobody's really gonna ask you to. Okay, sure. I, I love this, and I've, I I want to put some pressure on on one point of it. Yeah. When last seen, Emma was getting out of the real Emma was getting out of town on a train. If she can, continues to maintain some kind of personal connection to all these franchises, she's the the CEO or the head of the company. Where is she doing it from? Oh, that's really interesting. I, I I love that. And I love that maybe that that feeds into Gooseberry's strategy is that she is doing it by train. She's doing there's a very similar train tour. It is the world. It is a profoundly strange. It's the kind of historical note that history podcasts will make many an episode about, <laughs> which is the the train chase between these two people. <laughs> <laughs> that is unfolding over months like yes okay no this is great i i love this this i love the kind of like 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 the, the john madden kind of thing like emma has a personal train and it's all decked out and that is how she goes from place to place and like that is her office building is just on this train somewhere between john madden's tour bus and snowpiercer i mm-hmm. guess i don't know um, <laughs> But I love that her mission has been, you know, as she came to this realm to feed humanity and it's blockbuster. But let's see how it ends. Or actually, let's see how Gooseberry's thing ends. Emma's doing great. Gooseberry has, ooh. Oh. So we got a match. This is exceedingly positive for Gooseberry. So I think that train chase has to end in their favor. What happens? Can I? Yeah. I have a, a thought that. Yeah, no, no please. Bring is it up, bring it absolutely up. wild. See, that's why I want to hear it. Because it ends perfect. It ends extremely well for Gooseberry. But what if it ends extremely well for both parties? Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. How does that work? What if Gooseberry catches Emma, you know, forces Emma, ousts Emma from this world back into the Fey realm? Like, like, and Emma, in some ways, her, it is a tragic end to her story where her mission to feed the world is taken from her and she is cast back into the Fey realm. 
But what happens when when Emma stumbles back into the into the Sealy Court? I think she's a celebrity. That's what I mean. I think that the ending. I think that what the the wildest twist is that Emma ends up back in the Sealy Court, and they're like, "Oh, it's 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 the it's the the Patty Man." Oh my goodness, we are so excited to have you, like. <laughs> And I think that that is just a an absolutely wild thing that probably eats up Gooseberry to no end. I love that. Yeah. Uh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Okay. So let's see what we have next. So, Jeff, you will be starting off this event unless All it's right. not an event. It is the Joker. It is the Joker. So we are having a... So, I, so we are having... We're going to have ourselves a crisis. We are. So... Here is how the crisis works. We just kind of get to come up with this collaboratively, the three of us. And again, we have planted some seeds Mm -hmm. and let's let them sprout. And we're going to try to tie together all of these different threads. And once we've kind of established what's going on, each of us is going to choose a resident from the city and describe how they resolve this either possibly sacrificing themselves or just becoming forever changed by these events. And then for those residents we choose, we're going to start adding to the next age someone related to them, some way that their memory sort of echoes forward in the city. But to start, we need to figure out what is our crisis here in Olympia? And is is that specifically Jeff figures that out or do we all do it together? We all do this together. I've I've got one. Hit me. Start pitching some stuff. So Gus has more power than ever on Earth, but has been super insulted and their mission in life has been completely undercut in the realm of fairy. And Gus, who is kind of an Inspector Javert figure, they think they're on the side of good and right. They think that they're enforcing the law. They get oust and they get their Citizens Association patrol or CAP, which is their Pinkerton y kind of paramilitary group. Mm-hmm. And sympathetic elements in the actual Olympia police, because Mayor Barry is the mayor, distribute a series of enchanted tokens and attempt to invade the fairy realm to displace the Sealy Court, who have lost their way and shouldn't be allowed to lead fairy. That's great. Of course, this generates all these incursions and ruptures between the earth of humans and other natural species and the fey realm and all kinds of things go wrong. If if you are familiar with Inferno, that's the kind of vibe I want. Can I throw out the other thing that the other bit of gasoline on this fire? Yeah, let's Let's add it in. Gasoline. Emma leaves Earth, returns to the Sealy Court. Right. And while there was no magic involved, like there was no magic involved in the cooking of the stores. Right. Fey magic is an interesting thing in that, like, you can't get rid of all of it. And there's this lingering touch of it. And when Emma leaves, that magic flares and every Emma's patty melts shuts down, like closes, like, 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 like as if by, you know, it's that strange kind of fey magic that is magic and circumstance and coincidence 
The next day, everyone walks into a little notice on the door that says, we have closed our doors. Thank you for your patronage. And like nowhere is hit worse by this. Nowhere is more impacted by this than Olympia, where there has been a movement to say that this is a place where people, this is a place where the have nots could go and get a good meal for cheap. It was a place of community. It was a place of comfort. And now they've all shut down just as just as 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 mayor mayor barry has started this political campaign to escalate themselves to a new level of power and they started handing out these tokens and appointing these deputies hey screw this this sucks <laughs> yes. and i think that's the that's the 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 powder keg that sends it from individual isolated riots to there is incursions on one side and open revolt on the other yeah i want to put one other thing in here in the way that some of that magic even back in emma's hole in the wall maybe flared up some of the Faye stuff under the hill i think as things get intense and perhaps Faye needs to sort of shut out like prevent these incursions right like sort of doing some drastic magic here I think parts of the canyon start collapsing. Yo. And I think the question is, what side of the walls or all of them? As as the the homes uh, that those the the malls, the rich people's cliff mansions start crashing down to the bottom of the canyon. This is a a multi-pronged yeah. crisis. Yeah. yeah. Do we want to add anything? more into this or as we start kind of resolving and pulling pulling the people who are helping to resolve it maybe we can start to see and you know again that there's in some ways falling cliffs maybe that supports the workers though again who's the cliffs falling on the magic of new of original olympia is it lost forever when emma's closes let's let's find out jeff would you like to well here's a question would you like to take the first resident or the last resident um why don't i take the last resident All right. In that case, Stephanie, why don't you kick this off? So when we're resolving this and saving everyone else to some degree, saving some amount of Olympia for the future, who are you picking to be a part of that? Ryan. And Ryan, remember, is a train car that turns into kind of a person. And as Ryan runs around and becomes more visible than they've been for quite some time, trying to restore the foundations of crumbling but savable dwellings, uh, rescue people from falling rubble, and drag businesses and gathering spots and the brand new library back from being sucked into the Fey realm against the will of the humans there. Ryan is contacted by a shrubbery, a walking piece of wood and leaves who is an emissary from the Fey realm. Okay. And remember, Ryan is made of metal. Ryan is so much iron and steel in Ryan. And this means that Ryan is well positioned to try to seal off the incursions and keep the city safe by closing those portals. Oh, I like this. So so when we're actually sort of thinking about, you know, the physical damage and the, the cliffs falling and that kind of thing, yeah. it is because these portals are are open. And so closing them off yeah. will will help, will sort of protect things? Right. Okay. Whatever happens, whoever becomes the king of the Fae, and my money's on the existing court, I think Gus is going to, we'll see what happens to, to Gus's rebellion on behalf of the rich. Whatever happens in the Fae realm, 
the Earth will be safe. And if this works out really well for the Fae and for Emma, Gus will be confined to Earth henceforth. He won't be able to send anybody else in. All of these portals that they've opened, that Gus has opened, will be closed. So Ryan agrees to do it, but at a great cost. Because if Ryan is going to extend themselves all over the city to close off these portals and prevent destructive incursions, Ryan is going to have to stop being a person. Mm. And the story of Ryan's decision to stop saving people and structures one by one and save the whole city from the fey realm incursion of magic matter with regular matter that, you know, turns mailboxes into monsters and libraries into whirlpools. We see Ryan gradually dismantling themselves and spreading themselves out in the form of fine wires and girders and structural elements and becoming literally infrastructure, pieces of walls, water pipes, Mm -hmm. telegraph lines, extending all over the city. And of course, this doesn't kill them. As long as they've got complete circuits, they are going to be alive and, and thinking. But it means that going forward, the metal parts of the infrastructure of Olympia have a well-intentioned, melancholy mind of their own. Okay, you now get to introduce someone for the next age at rank two. And the prompt here is someone who has some connection to the resident, Ryan, a family member, a successor, an alternate reality version of them, or, or just someone who is deeply touched by their deeds. How do we see Ryan in the future? Not, not Ryan specifically, but again, that, that memory, that importance of Ryan in the next age. So do you remember the trip to Darren that got all distorted and blown out of proportion by Gus's people? I do, yeah. There is a girl named Patricia who was on that, and I cannot tell you how much she loves trains and machines and gadgets. And her goal in life since that trip has been to redeem Darren and Darren's family and the idea that technology can be a force for good and can help people. She has learned the story of what happened to Ryan, partly from talking to Darren, because she goes back and talks to Darren and she's one of the only people Darren will tell the whole story to. Mm -hmm. So she is going to be the only adult in the next generation who knows the entire story of what happened to Ryan and who is able to easily and at will communicate with what Ryan has become. That that rules. Yeah, that the infrastructure of the next city has this person who is its whisperer is uh, so good. I, I want to add that this is not a complete, like Patricia talks about this as an adult, but people think it's a metaphor. Yeah. You, <laughs> you just got you to learn how to talk to the city. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Who am I putting in to I really do love me, the warehouseman? Warehouseman is pretty great. We haven't seen him in a bit. I think that as Ryan is able to start closing some of these portals and some of these ways that Faye things are coming back and forth, I feel like warehouseman has that opportunity. Like Gus is there, sort of like marshalling their people in and that kind of thing. Warehouseman sees like, all right, Gus is a problem. Gus doesn't belong here. And as long as Gus still is here, this thing with Faye is just going to continue to be an issue for Olympia. Olympia won't be able to to sort of fulfill itself. And so I think 
we have a sort of the dramatic sacrifice thing of as a portal is closing, he dives forward and grabs Gus, pulling him through, leaving his bat behind because it was a two-armed tackle. And I think that that then sort of picking up the bat can then be this symbolic thing that a young woman who I will call, let's see, I'm trying to think of like another, like a more of a baseball. I think she starts out as a cleanup hitter. Oh, good. But is probably workshopping that one. You know, she's like, yeah. I feel like this fits. It's not quite as catchy as I want it to be. But she is going to take up that engraved bat and try to remember the sacrifice that the warehouseman made and become a hero in the next age. So I will put her in on rank four. And Jeff, one more resident who solves this crisis for Olympia. First off, I need to say, as somebody that plays a baseball-themed, a baseball-themed superhero on a different actual play podcast, I, I am I am fighting the urge to just bury this in layers and layers of Easter <laughs> eggs. Uh, no, if you are listening to this, know that I'm feeling the struggle. Okay, okay so for my my person, I'm gonna I'm gonna. I'm going to cheat a little bit. That's fine. And here's what this is going to do. I'm going to pick the person to carry on the legacy. I know whose legacy this carries on, but I think in the sequence, a lot more characters are going to become apparent because I think that what happens here, I want to really focus on the, the, the cliff collapse. I think that's the thing that to me is the most pressing. And I think that what it is, is the houses on the cliff fall are falling onto the city below. Mm -hmm. Like it is a, and like, because they are, they like, they were precariously built. And I think that in the, in the, in the, the sort of tragedies of capitalism and the tragedies of wealth inequality, like they weren't built well, like they were built for aesthetic, not for structure. And the second this kind of earthquake happens, the second this kind of instability happens, they all collapse. The, 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 and so you have a massive collapse. And I think that we see we're back on Simone Street. Like we're back in this tiny thing. It's at the bottom of the thing. And suddenly there is a cliff collapsing onto this tiny working class, this tiny working class neighborhood. And the thing that we see is in one fell swoop from the shadows, a ghost train emerges. <gasps> Ooh. And GTR is pulling people, but it's not just GTR because I think that part of it is like flying along to pull people out of windows is Peregrine yep. and GTR is like loading people onto trains and they are flying through and yes. Deliverance is like is grabbing people from damaged buildings and doing things. This is our this is a historic moment that this is the super this is the superhero team up moment of of olympia like this is olympia's superhero team up moment and the person that is uh the legacy that is carried through all of that is none of those individual superheroes it is the person that was coordinating all of this on the radio it was noted radio broadcaster maxine sharon Aww. uh the voice the voice of modern olympia wow. who in that moment was just delivering updates and happened to be connected because alice had built some communication tech that that keyed her into the radio like a two-way radio and the person, it was an ordinary person that said, hey, look, there are people that have unique abilities to do this. You all need to start working together and actually fix this because there is a crisis that needs to be solved. 
It is a career making, and that is how uh, Maxine Sharon, a school teacher turned essayist turned radio broadcaster, saves the town of Olympia. Carrying on that legacy, Maxine becomes kind of a media darling after that, and 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 Maxine's radio show becomes a pretty big hit, and becomes it becomes really focused on telling the individual stories of these various heroes and the things that they did, the warehousemen, you know, breaking down all of these individual stories, and eventually, uh, so, you know, this goes on for a while. She eventually like retires with all of these stories and all these recordings. I imagine by this point we're into like the the tens and twenties. She has her career. She retires, and then about. 10 to 20 years, let's say 18 years later in about the year 1938, somebody comes knocking and says, hey, have you seen this thing that the kids have been reading? Do you have <laughs> like, do you have any stories that we can fill into these little books? And so the thing that I want to put into item number, is it seven or eight? Where am I putting this in? Eight, I think. Yeah. Uh, eight is an, is the company that she goes on to film, which is SC Comics. <laughs> I love that. Why is it called SC? Uh, it's Sharon's Comics is what, okay, is what it was. Perfect. And then perfect. And they eventually okay. start calling it SC Comics. It's very, yes. it's, it's a little redundant. You don't actually need the comics when you say SC Comics and people constantly say that. And that's a little bit annoying. And I'm just talking about SC Comics, which is the fictional comic company in this story. <laughs> nothing else. I love this. And that is the publishing company that tells stories of the various superpowered individuals and masked individuals and how they help people. True to 1930s, uh, early 30s comics, especially early Superman books, they hate rich people more than, more like, rich people <laughs> universally the bad guys in these particular stories. Yes. Uh, I love that. It's so good. And, of course, Jeff, as someone who has uh, a special place in my heart for Superhero Dispatcher, uh, this is a wonderful way to uh, to bring Maxine in and um, yes. at the end of this age for Olympia. Okay, so that is the end of Olympia's golden age, and perhaps out of the rubble of falling cliffs, a new Olympia is born. Yes, yes. If we were going to keep going, we would take these new people that we've highlighted, that we're excited about, these legacies that are con continue, we would shuffle those into the deck into the top of the deck so we would hear more of their stories. But I think for our podcast for right now, we are going to end it here. Jeff Stormer, thank you so dang much for coming on and playing this with us. This was so much fun. Oh, thank you both for having me. This was uh, this was everything that I wanted it to be. Uh, I love this game a lot, and getting to play it and share the story was uh, incredible. I want to play this again and again, and I'm so happy with the story that we told. And I want a patty melt. <laughs> I might just go out and get a patty melt. Kind of, I, I had one for dinner last night, and I'm kind of craving one again. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> We are going to talk about this game. We're going to be back with the back matter for a city of shining stars next week on Team Up Moves. So again, thank you, Jeff and Steph. I think we say goodbye. I never want to say goodbye. Goodbye. Cool, cool, cool. Thanks for listening. We're going to be back next week with the back matter to talk about a city of shining stars and to go a little bit in depth with Jeff Stormer about his love of Superman comics and how that's informed his game design. This run, we've been playing A City of Shining Stars by Aaron Lim. 
you can find more of his games on his Itch page. Check the show notes for the URL. Team Up Moves is a production of Fiona Hopkins and Stephanie Burt, copyright 2023. Come find us on the internet. We're at Team Up Moves on Twitter and Team Up Moves at dice.camp on Mastodon. Stephanie and I are also in both places. Check the show notes. We've got all the handles there. Our website is teamupmoves.com. It has subscribe links, pages about all of our previous runs, and a sign-up form for our email newsletter. We send this out between runs with a little bit of behind-the-scenes stuff, some lore, some what we've been playing and reading outside of the show. It's good times, it's free to sign up, and you can do it at teamupmoves.com. Our theme music is Play by Sleepyhead. Find more of their music at sleepyheadrockband.com. As always, thanks for listening. Please leave those reviews, spread the word on Discord, Reddit, etc. Just telling a friend that you hear the show, it's pretty good. Take care, pals. Bye.